Hello, everyone. Thanks again for joining us on Order Up, the podcast from the National Restaurant Association. I'm your host, Carly McBride. As always, don't forget to subscribe to Order Up on Apple, Spotify, Google, or your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode. Today, we're talking about diversity and inclusivity in the workplace. Joining me is Mike Axiotis, president and CEO of Lehigh Valley Restaurant Group and Talon Restaurants. Mike brings a wealth of experience to the table and joins us to discuss some of the ways he's integrated a culture of acceptance across the company's Red Robin and Wingstop restaurants. So Mike, thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us today. Let's get started. Can you start us off briefly introducing yourself and tell us a bit more about you and your background? Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me today, Carly. And uh, it's a real pleasure to be here and speaking about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging in our industry. Just a little background on myself. I started in the restaurant industry when I was at the ripe old age of 11 years old. I started working for my uncle in his Greek diner, just helping around in the kitchen, washing dishes, peeling potatoes, bussing tables. And it was supposed to be a weekend job, one weekend, just helping him out because he was a little shorthanded. And that one weekend turned into an entire career for me. That was back in the early 1980s. And I got bit by the hospitality bug and one weekend turned into two weekends, turned into three, and then an entire career. He's been a great mentor to me. He's still in the restaurant industry today, and we still have a great relationship. I actually ended up going into business with him when I graduated from high school. I owned my own restaurant when I was 18 years old, fresh out of high school, and went to college at night, did the um, accelerated learning program at Moravian College and did that for several years while working seven days a week, owning and operating a restaurant at a very young age and learned a lot about life and about business and about responsibility. And after five years of doing that, I got burned out and left the family business and went and got a job working for Red Robin, an early stage franchisee here in the Lehigh Valley. The Lehigh Valley Restaurant Group started in 1993, the first group to bring the Red Robin brand to the East Coast in Allentown. When I started with the group, uh, they were just five years old in 1998 with three restaurants. Today, we have 20 restaurants and another brand, Wingstop is our second brand. And when I began in 1998, I started as an assistant manager and worked my way up through all of the positions in the restaurant, all of the management positions, and eventually made it to general manager and then district manager, vice president of operations, president, and now CEO and shareholder in our franchise groups. We have a restaurant group in town restaurants, which uh, own and operate Wingstop and Red Robin restaurants in Eastern and Central PA. So it's been quite a ride, quite a career, a lot of learnings, a lot of failures, a lot of mistakes along the way, but quite an amazing career and an opportunity in our industry to uh, start at the very bottom and work my way up through a pathway to management and eventually a pathway to ownership and uh, senior leadership. Thanks for sharing that, Mike. That's quite a journey. I didn't realize you started that young and it's kind of been your whole life at this point. Along with the learnings that you've had, I know you've probably learned a lot about the people that work in your restaurants and diversity and 
about a culture of inclusivity. So can you tell us a bit more about your diversity council at the Lehigh Valley Restaurant Group? Talk to us about like how you recruit your team members to join the council. How long has it been established? Tell us more about that. Absolutely. And just to give you a little background too, before I directly answer your question, if you don't mind, I'll go off script here for a second and talk about why this comes naturally to me, diversity, equity, and inclusion is that I'm first generation Greek American. My parents emigrated here from Greece and we come from a diverse background culturally. And I understand what it's like when um, people emigrate here from another country it's very common in our industry and the restaurant industry as well. And as I said, I started early on in this industry. We had a lot of uh, Hispanic, Mexican, Ecuadorian, Peruvian, Asians, African-Americans that worked for us in our restaurants, in our family restaurants. And a lot of them didn't speak English. They had different cultures, different backgrounds. And you know, at a very early age, it was just very natural to me coming from a diverse background and having empathy for others that came to this country to have an opportunity to work and, you know, live the American dream, but not know the language or not understand the culture and embracing them and showing them along the way and giving them an opportunity to learn and grow and have a voice and have a seat at the table. And that just came naturally to me. So now when we actually are intentional about talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, it just comes naturally. And we are in the hospitality industry, right? So being that we're in the hospitality industry, being hospitable and being open and being inviting to our guests in our restaurants, we need to be as equally or more inviting to our employees, which we call team members in our organization. So before DEI became a buzzword. I believe that our company and our culture has always been about diversity, equity, and inclusion. But as it's become more and more competitive out there in the landscape, it's just being a good steward, doing good, and being a people-first culture. So that's something that we've always have been very proud of at Lehigh Valley Restaurant Group and Talon Restaurants. And we've just gotten more formal about it. Before it was just part of the culture. Now it's really more a formality. Uh, it's part of what we do and who we are. And because we wanted to double down our efforts on that culture, we established a council back in 2020, early 2020. Additionally, how do we recruit team members is we have posters in the restaurants with our logo about differences make us stronger. That's our vision statement for our diversity, equity, and inclusion council. And we send out messages on hot schedules. We use hot schedules as our scheduling tool. And there's a messaging center around that where you can push out notifications to all of your team members. We also use a platform called Go Happy. It's a text message campaign where we're able to do push notifications out through there just in case anybody missed the message on hot schedules, we will get them on Go Happy and we're able to send out video messages. We're able to send out graphic design. We celebrate all of the uh, things that are happening from a diversity standpoint, Pride Month, Asian American Month, Pacific Islander Month, uh, Black History Month, all of the major holidays. And we didn't come up with some of our own too, to have fun with it. We have team member contests and 
as you grow the culture, you'll see that more and more people will want to come and have a seat at the table. Initially, when we developed the council, we had a very small representation of people. And over time, we still have the same core people, but we've lost some and we've gained some new ones. And initially, some people were just confused about what it really was until they were able to come and we were able to establish what the conversation topics were about. And it was really more about education and cultural fluency, getting people to understand what other people's cultures and backgrounds are, getting people to understand that our main objective is to have everyone have a seat at the table. And it's not about one ethnicity over another. It's not just about black and brown. It's not just about LGBTQ, but it's about everyone. And how does everyone work well together? How do we coexist together? And basically it comes down to respect and dignity. How do we all respect each other and show respect and show hospitality to one another? As this continues to evolve, we bring in outside speakers. Our meetings are live every other month. We have an agenda. We have an officer group. The agendas are written by the officer group and they are part of our, it's a mix of hourly team members and management team members. Our senior leadership team is present for these meetings, but we are there to help step in and guide and steer if things are not really going in the right direction or if the meetings are not productive. And it's very rare that we have to step in and redirect, but you definitely want to be there, A, number one, to show support that this is important at the top of the organization, but B, you're also there to help be a resource for any questions that may come up. Because a lot of times, you know, when you talk anything that's people related, you need to have human resources in the room to ensure that um, you're keeping your company safe and we're abiding by all of the proper rules and regulations that govern people. So that's very important. Early on, we got so excited about this that we created a vision statement, a mission statement, a logo for the council. All of the council members have their own t-shirts or their own sweatshirts or their own pullovers. And every year we refresh those so that everyone feels like they're part of something meaningful. And now our team members are really the driving force behind how this council is thinking, acting, and behaving. And it's really been great to watch. At first, people wanted immediate results. You know, whenever anyone gets passionate, they want immediate results and they want to make a difference. And, and it was like, you know, let's just slow down to speed up. Let's really build a great foundation that we can build on. And over time, you'll start to see and feel and reap the rewards of having a council like this in your organization. Thanks so much, Mike. You've done a really nice job in those first couple questions illustrating how you have a people-first mentality. And I know that your company's core values have really guided a lot of what you've done. And that was kind of the next question I was going to ask, but I feel like you already touched on that. So let's talk about the impact now. So what type of impact have you seen these initiatives to have on your workers? And can you talk a little bit about recruitment and retention? Has it been meaningful in this regard? I know you said now people want a seat at the table. Can you talk a little bit more about how it's impacted your workers? Absolutely. And again, it starts with being intentional, right? So all of your training materials, all of your hiring materials, your recruitment ads, your handbook, 
your policies need to reflect this culture. And again, it doesn't happen overnight. Even once you change these things, it takes time to start to see what happens. And you see the vibe and the feel in the restaurant. You start to see the diversity in your workforce. And you start to see how people just have dignity and respect around inclusivity. Of course, you're always going to have some people that challenge and they don't like change or they think that there's an agenda. Is this an agenda? Is this a political agenda? And it's definitely not a political agenda for us in our group. It's about people first. And we make that very clear that this is about people and it is about culture and it is about having a great environment where people feel respected and they can feel comfortable coming to work and, and doing a great job. And the metrics that you always want to measure in our industry is turnover and retention. If you have high turnover, you always have to look at the general manager first because the general manager really is the captain of their ship, of their business. And they set the tone. He or she needs to be bought in and they need to be about culture and they need to be about diversity and they need to be about belonging and they need to understand how important it is that today's workforce is looking for that and they want to be seen and they want to be heard and they want to have a seat at the table. And um, fostering an environment like that is going to dictate whether or not they stay. And we look at those metrics very closely. I'm proud to say that our group has always been best in class when it comes to turnover rates and exceeding industry standards. But you always have to monitor that. Sometimes, you know, you may have a pocket or two of restaurants that stand out. And that's when you need to go in and do cultural assessments and do an environment scan or do a team member survey, which we do on a regular, and then look at the results, see what it says, and let your team members know that their voices were heard during those assessments and those tools. And what are you doing about it? Because to just take a survey and put it in a desk drawer and do nothing about it, is just as bad as not doing a survey at all because they want to know once they give their feedback, what are you doing about it? And we will report back out to the team and say, we heard you. And this is what you all said. And these were the common themes of areas that we need to be better at. And now this is what we're doing about it. And then we'll scan again a few months later to see if we made an improvement. But turnover is always one of the, the most um, common measurement tools in our industry to see how you're doing from a cultural standpoint. And then we're big believers in team member experience, and then comes the guest experience. And the guest experience can never exceed the team member experience. And um, if the guest satisfaction scores are high, that means the team member turnover should be low. Because if you have great team members that are happy in what they're doing, the guests will have an equal or greater experience as well. The work that you're doing is tremendous, and I'm sure our listeners are thinking, how can we replicate this? So what advice would you give to other restaurant owners or managers as they work to develop a more inclusive and diverse workplace? Yes, yeah, so I want to make a plug here for the uh, MFHA, the Multicultural Food Service and Hospitality Allowance, which is a, an arm of the National Restaurant Association under our Education Foundation. There's a lot of great tools and resources on our website there restaurant.org. So we'll start there first, right, is to go there and look at the Elevate program. 
And if you follow the Elevate program, there's steps and pillars that you can use to build out your framework for building a great DEI council or DEI culture in your restaurant. Additionally, I've shared with you a lot of our tools and resources and things that we've done. And those are great resources, developing agendas, having an agenda, having a council, having a framework, having a mission, a vision. There are a lot of tools and resources. We also have a calendar. So we build out our calendar and our council makes the calendar for the whole year to help give our operators tools on what should we be celebrating? What should we be doing? We have a do's and don'ts. We also have a newsletter that goes out every month. We call it the diversity dispatch. And that is done by our council and partnership with our marketing team. And if anybody wants to use them, I'm not charging, but I will ask that you make a donation to the National Restaurant Association Education Foundation for all of the great things that the NRAEF does from a scholarship standpoint and pro start standpoint. Please make your donation there if you uh, happen to use any of our tools or resources or even the Elevate program. Thank you. You have done a tremendous amount of work on diversity initiatives, but is there anything new coming down the pike for Lehigh Valley Restaurant Group and the focus on inclusivity? Yeah. So when we launched our program, you know, we had our original council and we had elected officers. And this year we're passing the gavel and we're refreshing the officer group. So there's a whole new group of officers that are coming in that are even more representative of diversity. We have two females and one male. Two of the three are from a representative of the LGBTQ community. And they're bringing some really interesting perspectives to the group and they're educating us. And we're learning more about their culture and their lifestyle and and how to uh, better relate and being relatable in those areas. So that's new. We have new officer group. And in addition to that, we're attending more events and getting ourselves involved in events uh, through the local chamber. A lot of chambers of commerce have DEI subcommittees, and we're involved in those as well. And we're just really starting to get more deeper and more granular on how we can learn more about all the different cultures and backgrounds and diversities uh, that are out there so that we can understand and be more relatable to our workforce. Can you talk a bit as we wrap things up about your key learnings? How have you encouraged your team members to embrace this culture of diversity in your workplace? Be vulnerable. That's first and foremost. And that starts at the top with me. Be understanding and be vulnerable. Don't be afraid to make mistakes because you are going to make mistakes. You will say something that may offend somebody and you need to be aware of that and be open to the feedback and be prepared to have uncomfortable conversations. And that's one of the other things is that every time we have these meetings, we get uncomfortable and we dive into some topics that could be borderline controversial, but also uncomfortable just in the fact that you don't understand and you have to be willing to learn. The other thing too, is that you don't want to allow activism to exist when you talk about this, because it could become that way where certain individuals want it to just be about their background or their diversity. And then you start to exclude. 
which defeats the whole purpose of this, right? The whole purpose is the I in inclusion. And if you go down a path of you're only focusing on one aspect of it, you then start to exclude people. And then that's when you can run into issues where people do not want to get involved or they don't want to work for you because you're excluding them. So that is the real art in this and finding that that balance and ensuring that you're trying to cover all topics and all backgrounds and all ethnicities. And that is really the key learning that I've had and we've had as an organization is to ensure that you're trying to stay as fair and balanced as you can be to ensure that everyone's got a voice, everyone's got a seat at the table. You've shared so much with us today about this amazing and impactful work that you've been doing. But to truly close us out, is there anything else that you'd like our listeners to know about the work that you and your team are doing? This is a journey and not a destination. And be patient. A lot of times people just think that you can check a box off. This isn't box checking. This is uh, truly creating a culture where it is about people. And we're in the people business and we're in hospitality. And it's the most important thing we do. Without an engaged workforce that is happy working for you and feels respected, you're going to have a difficult time operating in the environment that we're in today because low unemployment creates a lot of challenges and creates a lot of competition and our industry continues to grow. We have a thriving restaurant industry out there and we need to have great people and great culture so that we can survive and succeed into the future. Mike, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to speak with us today and share the journey that you have been on. Like you said, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's a journey and not a destination. So thank you for sharing all these resources with us. And we will be sure to pass these along to our listeners. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Did you know the National Restaurant Association produces and hosts several webinars each month to serve and grow the industry? Topics ranging from hiring and workforce, food safety, DE&I, and the most relevant policy topics for restaurants. All previous webinars are also available for on-demand viewing. To learn more about upcoming and recorded webinars, please visit restaurant.org slash events slash learning. Thanks so much for listening to Order Up, the podcast from the National Restaurant Association. Follow us on your favorite podcast player and find out more at restaurant.org slash podcasts. Episode produced by Dante32.